We are all set. We're just getting these alerts off our screen. You can't see these alerts, but we do. So we got to click them off. Otherwise, we don't know where we're going. But good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday. You know, one of the favorite days of uh, the week for me has to do with Wealth Wellness Wednesday. But we're super excited. We have a guest on today. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol, so a.k.a. Nani Bus live with two... Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. <laughs> Excuse me, we have a bright, sunshiny day in North Haven. It is very cold. So we hope wherever you are in the world, listening or viewing us on YouTube, Rumble, or BitChute, that you are warm and cozy. So today, obviously, we have a guest on today. So let's get right to it. I want to welcome Andrea Lende. I hope I pronounced that correctly to the Two Sisters podcast family. Welcome. Oh, you're you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me here today. Oh, you're so welcome. Uh, we've done that quite a few times. So gosh. Um, so I want to get into your story because I think your story is very interesting. And you are not only an author, but you are um, a former pilot mm -hmm. um, and you've written a few books and the story behind your story is really incredible as far as your health and autoimmune diseases. Um, so if you just would um, start out by giving us an introduction um, <laughs> of your your history with where you are today sure so today as you mentioned i'm an author I've, I've released five books have one more on the way just ready to release that here real quick but I, I didn't start out that way obviously as you mentioned in my 20s i was a pilot flying airplanes teaching people how to fly airplanes had my commercial license and um, meeting a lot of airline women pilots and ready to go like i was that was going to be my my track in life. And I was very excited about it. And then at about the age of 30, my body just broke and it's, it just would not do um, what I wanted it to do anymore, like in any way, shape or form. So I did spend three years um, healing. I, I always sought healing. I, I, I just didn't think anything other than I need to be well. And I I heard one of you gals talk about, you know, manifesting and, and law of attraction and that kind of thing. And I didn't know all of what I know today about that, but that's really, when I look back, the, the, the premise, I mean, my, my mind was always, how do I get well? I did go through many doctors and um, it, that wasn't my route. Western medicine just didn't, it, it's phenomenal triage wise and, and for lots of things, but I was allergic to everything that all the meds that they wanted to give me and that I was on. And so I had to seek other, other help. And I did find a regular medical doctor who worked with me. He had a little apothecary in his office and treated me with natural supplements because that's all I could do. And so with, with diet, I became a plant-based. I, I really didn't eat anything for three months because my stomach was in such distress. But, you know, when we take away the external factors, that contribute to um, an illness, then our bodies heal. And you ladies know that. And I, I love what you do here. So over time, um, every cell was rebuilt. And, and within three years, I was well again. I, was, I had a different body, like completely, and was able to then have a family. Um, 
during that time, we had some quiet days. I, I homeschooled the kids. And so we were home a lot. And, and that's really when I got into the, the Bible and just started reading every single day, which is sort of where I'm led at this point. Um, started doing some things inside of that that are now coming to fruition. And I'm able to share share those kinds of things with other, other folks. So that's the, the quick story. <laughs> That is wow. that's amazing. So curious with all of that going on, uh, do you still fly? Is that part of you still part? I mean, obviously it'll always be a part of you and part of your passion, but do you, do, do you fly for the sheer joy now? Do you still incorporate that or you decided, you know what? I'm on a totally different path now. Great question. I am on a totally different path now. <laughs> a lot of people say, even my kids are like, mom, you should go back to flying. But the thing with flying, um, and you ladies are probably aware of the whole adrenal function. And I mean, every time you hit the throttle and roll down the runway, there's this adrenaline rush. And I, that's just something that, that we have to be careful of, um, especially with you know, my, my history. So I don't think I said that I was diagnosed with lupus. And, okay. No, yeah, so that, that was the autoimmune. And I did get well. My blood tests eventually were completely normal. Um, I had one more bout of it 20 some years later, which I kind of thought I would. Lupus is a very hormonal disorder. So I kind of right. around that change and exactly what happened. And then it was, uh, I just, this maybe potentially could help some, one of your listeners, some of your listeners. I had no idea. I mean, when my first three-year journey occurred. I knew everything I was putting into my body had to be clean. So I went totally organic, all like, really, if you could steam it, see through it, I ate it. You know, it was, it was truly just plant-based and green pretty much. So, um, but the next time, so I knew about organic stuff back then, but I didn't have any idea about how chemicals and just the things that we use every day, toothpaste, shampoo, like lotion, all of it, um, impact impacted my, my body. And so the second time I was in the hospital, it was Graves disease, which is, was an offshoot of lupus. I asked him, I said, well, go ahead and test. Would you test for lupus again? See where my blood levels are at because Graves disease is not what I mean that attacks your thyroid. And I was kind of used to like syndromes of different diseases. That's actually what happens with lupus is you get all these syndromes. So anyway, my numbers were very high again, and I realized I was dealing with this once again. And one of my friends, well, my niece reached out to me and started telling me about chemicals and how they can affect. So I went, um, I just started shopping another brand without chemicals and within, it was crazy, but within three weeks, I woke up one morning completely asymptomatic. Nine months, my blood test completely reversed again. And doctors said, don't come back, your blood levels are perfect. So um, so chemicals impact our bodies in huge ways. And when we get that cleaned up, our diet cleaned up, our body does what it's supposed to do. And that, and that is so true. That is one thing that we talk about, that sometimes even, even, even eating organically and as clean as you can, again, it goes back to, you know, what, what, what products are you using? And you can eliminate, but you can't eliminate the air that we breathe and there's chemicals in the air. So if we could do our part to control what we are actually surrounding ourselves with or putting it on our skin or washing our hair with or brushing our teeth with, along with a 
cleaner, healthier lifestyle, uh, you're going to find that your body can absorb a certain amount of chemicals. I mean, our bodies are a master machine and they know when to filtrate and detox, but the point being, we can't control the air. So we know we're already going to be digesting just the air that we breathe in, which is going to impact our health. So let's find other alternatives that we can control. And I, I love the fact that you, you know, went above and you were actually paying attention. I think that's part of the problem. People are not so much in tune with their body to know when their body is speaking to them. Like a lot of times people say, oh, I got the stomach ache. Uh, more times than not, people are getting food poisoning, not necessarily because the food is bad, meaning spoiled, not fresh, meaning more so the contents, the ingredients are causing a and a reaction that is food poisoning for that particular's body. And you have to listen to it. You can't just say, oh, it's just, you know, I, I overindulged or I ate too much. No, you got to really look at, is this something I normally eat? Uh, is, there, is there, you know, get to the bottom and the root of the ingredients? Um, and I think we, we, at least what Jan and I always talk about on Two Sisters is that as you get to that next decade, that next decade, that next decade, decade you find that your body cannot bounce back as quickly. Um, and you really have to be vigilant as soon as you start getting those signs, because the whole idea of health and wellness is to live our healthiest version with longevity as long as we can. And if we're not paying attention and we're not in tune and knowing when our body's reacting to something, whether uh, a lot of times it could be like the shampoo or other ingredients that they're using, but it's masking itself maybe in a rash or in a stomach ache or something that you're not even connecting the dots. So there's a lot to be said to that. And I'm so glad to hear that your, your, uh, your, your body is stabilized and you're on a healthier path. That's amazing. Don't you think, Jan? Yeah. And you know, what I find so amazing about that is you asked yourself a question, which a lot of people I think don't ask, and it's so masked to the point, but you asked yourself the question, how do I get well? Your body was giving you those signals. You asked that question and you found out what was going on. Now, sometimes that is part of the frustrating journey because I know, um, <coughs> excuse me, I have a non-celiac gluten sensitivity and long story short with that, the bottom line, you know, my body was telling me something and I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on here? But the, you know, the end result was they wanted me to have my gallbladder out. And I said, no, thank you because I was getting uh, gallbladder attacks from eating gluten. And I'm like, I'll just eliminate gluten. And, you know, within a few days, I was feeling so much better. So it's okay to ask those questions. And I think, you know, part of your story too, is having that conversation. For instance, um, what I'd like to ask you was, was your physician, I would assume was open to what you were asking and inquiring about and wanting to know why you were feeling the way you were feeling? Like, was there that good open dialogue? Yes, I finally did find the, the doctor who, I, he's really who, where I spent my, my three-year journey. Um, he, he was 
a brilliant, brilliant man. And his idea was always healing. In fact, uh, to go kind of along with your methodology, how you ladies think too, he never did tell me when my tests finally tested positive for lupus. Like I had, it takes a long time for the real autoimmune disorder, right, to be discovered. And one time, probably a year and a half, two years into me working with this, this doctor, I finally, I asked him, I said, so what did my blood, have my blood tests ever come back and actually said, I have lupus? Like people say, what do you have? And when you don't know, and of course, we all want to know, here's something that I would caution people. We all want to know the name. Unfortunately, then when we put the name to it, then that's who we think we are, right? So he was very wise man and never did tell me. But when I asked him like a year and a half, two years in, when I was definitely on my way to recovery, he said, oh yes, well, your the cells went fluorescent. So it is for certain lupus. And I loved that he, he was just, I loved that he didn't give me that label right on. So I suffered with that label. I was well on my way to a full recovery when he told me. And so it didn't mean anything then, but I've talked to a lot of autoimmune sufferers who just want to know what it is. And, um, and I'm not sure we need, we need to know now in Jan, in Jan, in your case with the gluten, like hurrah, that you discovered that and let that go. There are so many things that we can do before we do something radical, like let's do this gallbladder surgery or that's, I have said no to probably more, I definitely more, I've said no to more treatments than I've said yes to. So, I mean, I remember after I'd gone to my three-year uh, situation there that I, we, I started having kids and that they do this prenatal thing, you know, where you've got to drink the orange drink to see if you have diabetes. So I went in and I drank the drank, drank their drink. And, and then the nurse called me back and said, um, well, you failed that. So we need to have you come in and do an all day, drink this thing all day on an empty stomach. And I said, yeah, I don't think I'll be doing that. And she said, no, we need to schedule it. And I said, no, we're not going to schedule that. And instead, and she was just lit, like, she just couldn't believe someone said no. And I'm thinking I'm not putting my body through drinking glucose all day long. And so I just went out and got a diabetes test kit and started testing my blood sugar as the doctor would logged it, brought it into the doctor. And the doctor said, yeah, that's perfect. Nope. You don't have whatever that is. Um, gestational diabetes or whatever. So we can say no to doctors. I know a lot of people are afraid to do that, but, but we are in charge of this, this um, unit that we're given. <laughs> so you know, yeah, that is true. And I, and I believe, you know, in back, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, you, you know, verbatim, you know, go to the doctor. And even at that time, many doctors were actually doing house calls and you just did what you told you never questioned because of, uh, I truly believe a lot of it had to do with the normal everyday people didn't have the access to information that they do now. Now what's coming about is we are able to do research on our own. We are able to question. And I do think that the, the medical profession as a whole uh, struggles a little bit because sadly we put the medical profession on such a high high platitude of, you know, I hate to use the word godlike, but like they were just untouchable that they, they were the masters of their education and they knew, they knew all. And I think what is happening is uh, people are impatient. Number one, we're an impatient society because 
we have information at our fingertips. We like to self-diagnose. And like you said, if you're labeled with something, that's the first thing that you're gonna do. Oh my God, do I have this? Oh my God. And then you go from one rabbit hole to another of, of things that you've got to do or, or the outcome. And I love the fact that you, you know, you you are, you know, we are the best advocates and you were the best advocate for yourself to say, no, I don't want to do that. Now I always have been in some predicaments where they wanted to do surgery. And I, you know, I always said, you know, I am not a good patient. And, you know, I, I really uh, emphasize that with the doctor to note my chart. I'm not a good patient. And I'm telling that uh, verbatim because it's the truth. I, I have a fear of needles, uh, anxiety sets in. And for a long time, I thought that was almost like a curse. But for me, it was more of a blessing because it was my wall against saying yes to a test, yes to a surgery, that I had to really think about, is this really the best option for me, knowing that I have this anxiety about being a patient? You know, I, I think back and, you know, we, we kind of, it's a family joke. I went in and I, I broke my ankle, took a bad fall, and it wasn't just a broken ankle, like they had to do surgery. And of course you look now and you know, you're in and out in a day or two, if that, I was in there for almost 10 days. And it had to do with, they had to keep resetting uh, the cast. It wasn't in just the noise of the saw alone, they would have to sedate me because I'm like, I know I, and I would make them put a curtain up. I couldn't, I didn't want to see what they were doing. And they probably thought this, this, this chickie needs to go in the loony bed. Never mind, you know, let's, let's, you know, work on her ankle. But I, I learned to embrace that anxiety because it is a barrier for me knowing I don't want to be put through that. And wait a minute, do are there other alternatives? Is there a way? Um, and a perfect example was I had injured my shoulder and they wanted to do surgery. And ironically, it came after my sisters had a couple of these frozen shoulders. So I saw what she went through through surgery and her recovery process. And then I'm adding that in my brain with my already anxiety of even having anything done. And I said to the doctor, no, you know, I, I, there's gotta be alternative things that I can do. And that's when I really started to decide, you know, uh, I'm gonna learn different stretching techniques. I'm gonna get my gut health in order. I'm gonna take all these different types of things that are gonna naturally heal it. And uh, I went through the process of going through um, the kind of the rehabilitation before you actually have the surgery. And then I stopped it and I said, no, I can do this myself, you know, through diet and uh, through, through what I've learned. Long story short, go back to the, the surgeon who's ready now to schedule. And he says, oh, you know, so I, I see the therapy's going well. I said, oh, I haven't been doing therapy. So I stopped therapy after, you know, the two or three weeks of your, the prescription ended. I said, I've been doing this all on my own. Uh, I changed my diet, changed my habits. Um, actually added some certain supplements that I knew I needed and did, did stretching exercises and oils. Uh, and he said, well, I can't believe it, but you don't need surgery now. And I'm like, well, that was the goal. I mean, ultimately nobody wants to have surgery. Obviously if you desperately need it, of course. But I think, you know, by listening to our own bodies and second guessing, I think the medical profession as a whole is understanding that people are now taking more charge of their body, taking more charge of the decision process, because we have to partner with our healthcare uh, environment. We, we don't want to necessarily fight with them, but we, we do earn the right to question because ultimately 
we know our bodies best. And I think people forget that. So, so true. story after, as you were, as you were saying that I was thinking about my, and again, this may help a listener too. He's just on the verge of, should I keep, should I, I don't want to give up dairy, but should I? Um, Cause there's always, you know, gluten and dairy are, are big uh, trigger. But my, I had a, our second son, when he was just a baby, he had a ton of ear infections in his first year, nine months old. They're saying, we're going to go ahead and do put um, plugs in. And my husband and I were just so uncomfortable with that. And I don't know, it had only been five, six years since I had had this massive healing, right? And I'd read everything I could read. So I was informed, but I didn't, I said, gee, I wonder, I, I said, I, I, I feel like I read where dairy causes ear infections in littles. Um, and so I dug that material back up. I called a chiropractor and said, Hey, this is what's going on. And she said, well, is he on antibiotics? And I said, yes, they had him on that low dose of amoxicillin or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then I can treat him. She's, and so she, stuck, she would stick her finger, her finger in his mouth and go back to his ear and release the, the, the whatever gunk was in his ears. Right. And, and so that did require antibiotics. So I was cool with that. Well, we went into the pre-surgery, the, you know, pre-surgical appointment and the doctor said one of his ears was clear. And then we're like, okay, my husband, we looked at each other and said, we're going to cancel this. We're not going to do this surgery. And the doctor said, well, there's no way, like there was no way before that one could have cleared, but they both cleared without surgery. So it's, you know, there are things we can do to avert some of those, um, you know, some of the cutting that, that is available now there's obviously going to be times we have to have surgery and that's going to be something that we have to go through. But if there's any way that with our diet, and as you said, supplements, diet, working out, like all these things. And to, to that point, most of us autoimmune sufferers who are no longer suffering, we're all doing the same thing. All of us. It's no, nobody's got that. There's not one single, it's all of it. You have to work out. You have to give up certain foods and you have to get chemicals out of your home. And when that does happen, I mean, our bodies are meant to heal. We don't get a cut on our arm and think, oh, this is mortal. I'm going to die now. You know, we expect it to heal and right. our side will do the same exact thing. We just have to do the right things for it. So, um, yeah. So true. And, um, you know, I want to stress to our listeners and viewers that, you know, we're not saying um, you should not have surgery for something. You know, that's right. a huge discussion with right. you and your healthcare provider. So we just want to be very clear on that. But it's the strategy behind it on if we can avoid surgery without um you know, and, and do different methods or things, uh, you know, stretching, like for Carol Sue, um, you know, I unfortunately had two shoulder surgeries, which I had to have within a year. God, you know, my fifties have been so wonderful with surgeries. I had major hip surgery. Let me get out the violin. But the beauty of, you know, having that intuition or connecting with what our body is saying to us because I know that many people that suffer with different ailments, for instance, we talk about, um, you know, dairy, you know, people that have gluten sensitivities or, or have celiac disease uh, really should not be eating dairy. You know, I 
I still eat dairy a little bit, but I have to be very mindful. Like I can have a little, I can't um, go back to my old habits. Um, and I love dairy, you know, um, yogurts, ice cream. Oh my gosh. I'm getting hungry as I'm talking about all this. stuff. Well, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because with the dairy, um, there was this Netflix, uh, documentary and i believe it's called what the health and or something to that effect and it actually the whole thing was about dairy and the myth about dairy that we've been kind of pre-programmed um milk does the body good milk, milk helps your bones and a lot of it is a fallacy and you know the sad thing about it is there's a lot of correlation between cancers and dairy and ironically that is pretty common knowledge. And yet, if you look at the cancer, uh, American Cancer Society, they don't even have a warning about dairy and the connection with cancer, which I find ironic. I find it ironic that you'll have dairy products with the, the pink ribbon, which represents uh, breast cancer awareness, which does not make sense to me whatsoever. But I have, I've actually stopped uh, all dairy other than obviously if I'm out at a restaurant, I can't control necessarily what they're using the ingredients in a recipe, but uh, I do. I, I totally switched over to a to vegan products to replace the dairy. And I have to say, with the vegan like Parmesan cheese or the shredded cheese or the vegan mayonnaise, I don't notice a difference at all. Um, at you know, especially if it's in a, in a recipe, I don't notice it. But when I ever saw that particular documentary, I was totally and thoroughly disgusted and grossed out. It's the only way I can explain it. And when you watch that, you're like, oh, I'll never look at dairy again. You just get so disgusted. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Yeah. Um, well, the, and, and that's, I guess, to the point, um, Janice, you said that about surgery, but it's about any illness, you know, whatever we're yeah. facing. I, I just a hundred percent because of my experience twice. I mean, it, it wasn't just a, uh, one and done and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, they, they weren't small things. I do know that we just absolutely need to pay attention to what we're putting inside, what we're putting on our bodies and how we treat them. And, and I'm sure most of your listeners are in that same camp or, or they wouldn't be following you ladies because that it is just so, so, so important. What, no matter what health issues we're facing, is there another way? And I know, um, again, my mindset was always, how do I get well? What do I need to do? And I did some crazy stuff to get well, but, but it worked. And our, our, I'm very, very, thankful. it was, it was, it was true for me. It was truly a divine walk. I had no idea. I mean, at 30, I had no idea, just none whatsoever, how things externally affected our bodies. And, um, and so it was a, I, I'm, I'm thankful to have walked the three years. Like I know I could have been healed more quickly, but I needed that slow journey to really transform just entirely um, what, what my, the rest of my life would look like. So. Mm -hmm. and what That's was amazing. Yeah. And which leads me to another, another question is uh, the premise behind your first book, for instance, um, how did that come about and how did that relate to your journey to get well? Sure. So years later, I mean, I, I just released that a couple of, a couple of years ago. So it's, you know, 25, whatever years later, uh, wrote that book, life after lupus, what's your autoimmune name. 
my niece had told me after I got well, she said, Andrew, you really need to write a book. So ever since I was 30 something, I was thinking about how to, and, and then when the second journey happened, which was a very short three weeks, just get clean around you. I thought mm -hmm. this, this now, um, you know, it, I just, those gentle whispers we hear from God, this was the time because I had half of this story the first time around, but the sec, I really think I needed that second to, to make it all come together in terms of, okay, you can't just change your food. You really do have to change the environment around you. And then, and that's not even considering seeking peace, you know, having uh, those kinds of things in this, the spiritual peace, but and I do address that in the book, but I, it was more well-rounded to wait and have those two experiences together and be able to, to share those. And it wasn't any longer just about me. It was like, okay, I've got to share this because there's someone else who needs this information. And I go through everything that I did, like to the minutest detail. And I'm actually going to re-release that book shortly, uh, probably within the next 60 days with some additional information that I'm, you know, we learn we, we learn new things and, and all of that. So I'm going to pull that back in and, and re-release that with, with some more information. Wow. That's exciting. Um, and what better way to share something that's vulnerable for you that you know that other people struggle with to get that information out there. Um, where can, um, our viewers and listeners, um, you know, connect with you? Sure. So Facebook, like you ladies, I have a, an author page on Facebook or just friend on Facebook, Instagram. I can't even find my name. Someone stole my name. I'm, I'm not the Instagram user, but I do post my prayers and devotions over there. Um, YouTube, I have a YouTube channel that they can find just under, under my name. And then Life After Lupus, people can find me various places there. I have a Life After Lupus page and a Life After Lupus YouTube Um station as well. And if anybody's interested in books, those are all on Amazon. Wonderful. Um, Carol Sue, uh, this has been such a great conversation. Do you have any uh, closing questions or comments? No, I, I, I think you've, you've really touched upon the importance of really listening to your body and that there can be life after these things. And while you're definitely are uh, focused in on the healing piece to it. You're also shining the light that it, it, the, the disease goes beyond the healing. It's life after and how you adapt and that how you navigate. And I think people miss that piece to it, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's kind of a cliche term, but it is true. And you just got to stay focused. You got to stay vigilant. And understand that, you know, God gave us this one body. Uh, it is not up to our doctor to heal. It's not up to our spouse, our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our children, our parents, our friends. It's up to us. And we owe it to ourselves to make sure that we are doing uh, not only justice, but we are the best advocate for ourselves in such a manner that is respectful and partnering with whoever our healthcare uh, professional people are. So I love that you partnered with them. Um, and I love the fact that your particular physician waited so you wouldn't become the word. And that, you know, as little as a gesture that was, it was such a, so impactful, I think, in your wellness journey to now focus. And it's kind of one of those things where a lot of people understand that sometimes it's not good to have all the information all at once. You know, let's get you to that path 
And then when you look back and say, oh, I was, oh, that's what it was. Okay, kind of seal the deal. My mind is not even there anymore. I'm on this journey. So I, I love that you shared that piece to it. We would love to have you on again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Joy to talk to you, ladies. Hey, everyone. We will be, uh, we hope, so hope, excuse me, I'm all like choked up here and uh, ready to cough. So I do apologize. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, we will definitely have Andrea on again. And ask those questions. Don't be afraid. Like it is your health. It is your body. Go out there and be kind to yourself. Remember it is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. You know how we, the sisters feel about that. Go out and surprise an unsuspecting individual, create that ripple effect. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0. And I am with two so this is Carol, so AKA Nani Boss. Yes, ready to get my wealthy wellness Wednesday going and really sharing that ripple effect, paying it forward, be that ripple effect, be that trendsetter, because guess what? We're going to be talking about what's trending tomorrow on Trending Thursday. So we hope that you're transcending kindness today. With that, you guys have a great day. We'll oh, chat tomorrow. Froze up there. No, I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you froze up on my end a little bit. Oh, hey, everyone. Right. We will see, like Carol just said, tomorrow, Trending Thursday. Ooh, we got so much to chat about. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>